Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your co-hosts, Wendy, and you are about to hear my conspirator and shenanigans, Melissa, and she will be joined by frequent collaborator, Kelvin Hatley, because this episode is about B-Fest in Chicago. Once again, Melissa and Kelvin traveled to B-Fest this year, and this time they recorded at B-Fest, and we're about to hear all of the amazing things that happened. I know I can't wait, so let's find out what happened. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> As am I. Hello, listeners. Uh, this is Melissa, and I am here with Kelvin. Say hi, Kelvin. Hi, Kelvin. Uh, this is Kelvin Hatley, yes. <laughs> and we are here at B-Fest. So this year, rather than just delivering a, an after-the-fact report, we actually brought the microphone to B-Fest, and we are, will be reporting in between movies as we can. So yeah. right now, uh, things haven't quite got started, started but the... Uh, the crowd has gathered, and we're making lots of noise. I, I don't know if you've picked up on how much ambient conversation is going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll be able to hear it. Oh, yeah. There's quite a bit. Going on. Yeah, the, the auditorium's full. Everybody's chatting with each other. Everyone's hurriedly gulping down uh, coffees and sodas. and. Yeah, uh, Subway sandwiches, just, you know, to give ourselves a, a safe lining to our stomachs for the snack foods that will attack it for the next 24 hours. For some of these films, there will, there will be no uh, possible safe stomach lining. Yes, that's probably true. Yeah. That's probably oh, true. So pretty soon we will be embarking on a viewing of Hercules in New York, yeah. which is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first movie, or was it his bel- second after Pumping Iron? Well, yeah, second after Pumping Iron, I yeah. think. Uh, it's, it's, uh, he's credited as Arnold Strong, yeah. and his voice had to be dubbed because his accent was so thick. Yes. Oh, boy. And, uh, oh, little did we know. So, anyway, uh, yeah, this, this thing that we're at is um, 24 hours long. It uh-huh. is a festival of crappy movies, and uh-huh. this is the only film festival I go to where it's actually encouraged that you talk back to the screen. Yeah. So it's, there's lots of tweeting going on. Yeah. And, and, distractions, and, throwing things. It's and uh, it takes place in Evanston, Illinois, outside Chicago. It's on the campus of Northwestern University. So we're in the Norris Student Center <laughs> in the auditorium, and uh, yeah, that we're all crammed into this little auditorium with like pillows and bags full of food and crap. And uh, yep. I, I, we're I was, here for the for the duration for a full 24 hours. Yeah, I was surprisingly modest with my snack buying this year. Yeah, I was I, impressed too. I've historically bought absurdly large numbers of snacks. Yeah. I have brought my traditional two cans of canned domades. <laughs> <laughs> it is tradition now. And uh, I I was fairly modest. I actually brought fruit. Uh-huh. And, I, I brought I brought a few satsumas. 
uh, not enough Polish candy. No, I didn't. I didn't get any Polish candy this year. I got. I, I get. I got these weird Polish cookies. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming they're cherry because there's cherries on on the label. Oh, that's a good guess. But uh, it, it, the label. Uh, all the writing on it is in Polish. I have, there are a lot of Z's on that label. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, uh, so we'll have to test those at some point. Yeah, I, I'd read it out for you, but I know I'll mispronounce it. So. <laughs> that might be Czech Republic. I don't know. Well, it could be Czech. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll see. Yeah. I'm sure it will taste Eastern European. Yeah. So, uh, dear listeners, we will leave you, and we will watch a terrible, terrible movie, and we will report back, possibly, with other people in the audience. All right. All right. Give it a moment. I'm famous. I get a movie now, right? <laughs> All right, Calvin, that wasn't very good. That was astonishingly terrible. It's, uh, Hercules in New York, I believe, was intended to be a comedy, but there's absolutely nothing in this movie that has the shape, form, or presence of comedy. <laughs> Except maybe Arnold Stang doing his bug-eyed work. Yeah, I'll say being Arnold Schwarzenegger very early in career. Oh, wow. Although, I, I appreciate that they played the original audio track rather yes. than the dubbing. Yes. Because I haven't watched it that way before. Yeah, this is this is the uh, uh, a version that uh, in which Arnold was not dubbed. They used his actual voice. Yeah. And there are many stretches of the film when you have no damn idea what he's saying. And the, the additional twist of this is that the, the voice coming out of the radio at the end is the guy who did the dubbing. The guy who did the dubbing. So, so when watching it in this form, it makes no goddamn sense. Oh. There, there, there are many terrible things in this movie. The, uh, there were the so many fight. sweaters. And the bear fight. The sweaters. There was a lot of sweaters. Sweaters and bears and bears. And, and uh, yeah, there, there's... Uh, Literally, like like when the bear escaped, I didn't realize it was a bear for a while. I thought it was a gorilla. That's oh, how, it was that's, so dark. That's how badly it was filmed. There's a lot of weird shot choices God. in this movie. There, like things framed with people like way on the left hand side of the screen, and there's like nothing in the right hand side of the screen. Yeah, and I do really appreciate the fact that. Hercules does not understand the concept of money, yet somehow knows how to use a camera. Yes. I I was very pleased at that. That was great. And, uh, yeah. The uh, the strange chariot race scene, or, or uh, there's some guy who's riding a, a chariot for like promotional purposes or something. Yeah. In in uh, down New York City, and, and Hercules commandeers it to chase after some gangsters. Of long, course. Long story. Natural. Uh, but the whole thing is just long and interminable, and it's basically a setup for the hot dog vendor to, to put the sauerkraut on the guy's hot dog. Yeah, this is a gag that runs for like 10 minutes. Yeah. I it, mean, I thought chariot races were supposed to be exciting. No, it's not. Uh, I, I wanted more bears. I want, honestly. More bears would have been. More bears. Less talking. Or more, gorilla bears. Less talking, more punching of bears. It's true. Okay, do we know what's coming up next? Uh, uh, the Magic Sword. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Early 60s, How if I know? Crap sword and sorcery movie. Early 60s crap sword and sorcery movie. Oh, okay. Got it. Crap. Okay, awesome. Uh, I'm all for it. That, that hopefully will have more genuine motion in it. <laughs> all right. Then, Hercule, then, then Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, I'm Hercules every five minutes to like any question whatsoever you pose to him. 
Okay, okay, Kelvin, okay. So, what is Hercules's uh, Olympic event? I'm Hercules. No. <laughs> it, 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 it's discus, right? It, it's du- duscus. Yeah. Duscus. <laughs> and what sort of fish would he keep in the aquarium? Discus, right? Discus. <laughs> and what application would he use to track comments on his blog? It would be discus, right? Yes. Okay. Making sure that I got that oh, all oh, straight. And, and, and lots of bazooki music. Yeah. The, 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 I like it. The soundtrack decided, well, the, uh, it's Greek gods. Let's just put bazooki music in. Oh, oh, oh it's going dark. I think we're starting again already here. Okay. All right. We'll catch you later. Yeah. Bye. Yep. So, Kelvin, uh, that was the magic sword. That was the magic How did you just describe it to me? Uh, if you were a 10-year-old boy in 1961 and someone told you to write, you know, a, a, a knights and dragons type story, this is the story you would write. That's about right. It, it, it's uh, so we've got Basil Rathbone. Yeah. In a turban. In, in a pretty bad movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and and we've got uh, uh, a dude with a sword and knights that were conjured up by his sort of mother, who yeah. gets locked in a basement and there's a princess he has to rescue. And yeah. It's um, kind of confusing. It's kind of confusing. He's aided by six ethnically stereotypical knights. Yeah, there's like an Irishman, uh, a, a Scotsman, Fran- a, Frenchman, a Frenchman, a German, an Italian. Uh, they're all white. Yeah, they're all yeah, white guys. Tip, they're all white. Uh, and, uh, and you know, it's like the magic items are like, you know, like, it's magic armor that cannot be hurt by anything. It's a magic sword that can do anything. You know, so it's like, it's like so overpowered, there's like no drama. Yeah. But then his uh, uh, foster mother accidentally takes away all of his powers, and therefore, challenge. And I still don't quite know what's up with the ring. I don't know either. I, the, th- I feel the, like the I missed that Lodak, part. the evil sorcerer, had this ring that he gave to his to Sir Branton, who is his uh, uh, spy in the good king's court or something. I don't know. Sir Branton of Missouri? Yes, Sir yes. Branton of Missouri. Yes. Uh, and they, most of this movie were, were guys calling other guys' names. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, even though the magic sword is, like, super invincible, he does basically two things with it. He opens the the secret passage in the basement and then locks his mother in it. Yep. And it, it lifts him out of the boiling swamp or whatever the hell that thing was. Yep. And, and he kills a dragon and an ogre with it, but like you know, yeah, not in, in not an interesting way at all. No, not really. And uh, then there were little people like grabbing at, but not actually touching the the woman in prison, the the yes. uh, the princess. They were evil dwarves. Well, supposedly they weren't established as evil. They just kind of made grabby hands. They were just kind of there. And she was scared for some reason. And, that, and there is the, the cage of the super tiny little people. Oh, yeah, because there weren't enough little people. There were even littler people. Oh, it looks like the next one's starting. Wow, they're, well, really, they're really clicking along here. Oh, yeah, so we're, we're uh, heading into bloodlust right now, which uh, really is a theme of my life. I did get the audience chanting, Kong, 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 yes. in the final chapters of, of the oh, previous it, movie. This is a proud moment for me. Always a good thing. 
I'm very proud. You, you, you've been you've been exceptional. I think. Oh, so thank far. you, thank you. Yeah. After many years of practice, I think, <laughs> I think I'm coming into into my own. Yes. In this crowd. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so we've got Bloodlust. The um, the credits are up, and you a know, black and white horror movie of some kind. Nobody's even settling in right now, so we're just watching. People are just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, right. whatevs. And. Um, um, oh, oh, and the thing about the magic sword. In the opening credits, Myla Nurmi was listed. Yes. And why am I the only person who went, oh my God, that's Vampyra. I thought that was very in strange. In this crowd, where was the cheer? That was very... Because by God, that that's was, Vampyra. That was, that was strange. Yes. Well, it's also strange that it, no, it's, no. it's Vampyra and they have her play a hag. Yeah. She's in well, like full-on she face hag She was makeup. also playing the sorceress. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. That's Estelle Winwood. Oh, that was Estelle Winwood. Yeah. The the Well she the Euro's she's mother. also listed as a sorceress in the credits. Oh. So maybe there's another sorceress. That I, we I missed that. I don't know. <laughs> oh maybe I don't know. But yeah, but still. Malinermi. Then For, yeah. why would you have Malinermi and just cover her in makeup? Oh wait. That that sort of quasi invisible translucent thing that abducts the princess. Oh that's right. That's that Mylanermi. must have been her. She, she has short blonde hair, which is like slightly strange. Yeah, that's right. Because we're not used to seeing that. But yeah. yeah. But for the hag, though, why would you have her just cover her makeup and makeup like that? Yeah. Because seriously, that's Vampyra. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we're like actually <laughs> the next movie is going, and we're just still talking. Uh, anyway, uh, dear listeners, we will actually watch this. Actually, I'm going to visit the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And eat we're, some food. We're due for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. My mouth is full of cookie anyway. All right. Catch you after Bloodlust. Uh-huh. All right, Kelvin. You just came back in after Bloodlust, and yet they started it again, and yeah. now it's playing again. I think we are in purgatory. I think we have actually died okay. and gone to purgatory. I I just I, I watched like the first fifteen minutes of it. There were a couple on a boat. They left like some guy on the boat, and then they went on an island, and someone took their boat, and then they were in like a mansion with a bunch of stuffed lions. Yeah. And I don't know who these people were, or what was going on, and I went out in the hall to talk to some friends I hadn't seen in a long time. You and abandoned I, me, Kelvin. I I I, you I, I threw me. Melissa to the to the the wolves of ennui. Yes. God. I think. Yeah. So. I I, I, I just heard the audience just shrieking like, "Please, God, do something!" Yes. From when when I'm like outside. So what this movie is is a ripoff of a uh, most dangerous game. Okay. I, Kind of thought that might be it, but yeah. And it is so unendingly boring, and it, it's a it's a blurry print with bad sound, so we can't hear a goddamn thing. Yeah. And so, um, the the only improvement this has on the most dangerous game is it has a vat of acid, which I am very impressed with. Those are those are usually and, and good. The, and the women in the movie actually throw a guy into it, so okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. But, um, I did hear a, a huge the, cheer in the hall. That might have been the, the acid yeah, scene. Yeah, that was pretty great. But yeah. um, this movie is so unerringly boring that we got really, really excited whenever a character went through a door, <laughs> which is what those loud cheers were. Yeah. It was every time somebody went through a door. I think that reminds me or of... Or through a window because we were getting desperate. 
I think that re- it kind of reminds me of the year uh, they showed the Astro Zombies, which is another, I think it's the Astro Zombies, but it's another just impossibly dull film. And, and I remember actually cheering when a, a scene of a car parallel, parallel parking. Yeah. It's like, because they had to show the entire thing of the car driving into the lot. Yeah, and it was like five minutes long. And like parallel and not, parking. Not really adve- exaggerating. I was there. Yeah. I it, saw it. It, it, uh... That's a terrible film. That's a terrible film. It's not a Although it has the bizarre thing of the astro zombies who are solar powered and keeping itself alive by holding a flashlight to its head in the night. I forgot that part. That's that's like a famous bad movie, like you got to be kidding me moment. That's true. But I did literally, literally forget that part. <laughs> where, where has Bloodlust is still playing for the second fucking time so the, the, in the, front of my eyes? Did, I don't know if they're killing time or what. Did they, they did repeat a thing here? Yeah, or? this is like the last chapter of the DVD playing again. Did they? I, 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 I'm assuming someone accidentally hit uh, the chapter button on the DVD and then they like left the the room to go get a. A sandwich yeah, or something. Know. There's there's a human in there. There's a human in the in the booth with the projector. I don't know what they're doing. I there 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 have been technical screw-ups at Beefest before. I'm shocked, Kelvin. Shocked. Uh, so shocked. I you, you remember the year when the uh, uh the, the the projector lost was it was it the magenta layer? Oh yeah! Yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was like headache-inducing. Yeah. Wow. Um, this is—we haven't reached that stage yet. No. This is only the third film, so. No, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little alarmed that this, something this boring happened this early on. Well, you know, we we made lemonade out of it, and you know, mm-hmm. we cheered a lot of doors. Yeah. There were more doors in this movie than the doors. A lo- a lot. As was remarked by the group of B Fest is about making your own fun. Yeah. Ultimately, it is. I mean, it is there, making there are, the best of a bad situation. There'll be cool, oh, terrible hey, here's movies. Here's the Leech Man. Oh, the you Leech missed, Man. You missed the Leech Man. I did man walk in on the Leech Man. Leech Man. I don't so, know who the Leech Man is. So now but. I want a superhero <laughs> movie where the superhero gets struck by lightning while you know being attached to leeches, and therefore he gains the power of a giant leech. Uh, Let's monetize that, Kelvin. I maybe that's a fringe show that we need to write. I could see that being done in a golden age style pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I like how the rich guy gets killed in the most. Well, he gets squeezed to death, which is really disappointing, given that there's a vat of acid in this movie. Well, no, doesn't he get like thrown on a bunch of spikes here? Well, yeah, he gets spikes and and he bleeds to death horribly, but. It's done, it's done in a very a uninteresting way. There's a vat of acid that could be used, and it is not used in the climax of this film, and I am disappointed. Oh, but... but, but Again. But, but Bloodlust does have, in what, what must have been one of his first scene, uh, movies... That's a quality sign. Blanket on his name. The dad from the Brady Bunch. Oh! That, the, the older... Oh, the guy with the painted-on shirt? The, the guy with the white T-shirt is... is uh, yeah, seriously, he's Robert, like... Wa- Robert, what's his name? He's the yeah. dad from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, he's like saran wrapped into that... Tr- End it! End it! That, the, the, Please the, let it end! The end titles say the end of bloodlust and everyone cheers. <laughs> Again! I've seen it twice now. No! Throw the DV into the surface of the sun! <laughs> Please! 
Oh God! All right, dear listeners, we'll be back with after whatever. That was that was whatever well, plays I, next. I saw like 10, I hope it's not Bloodlust again. No, I saw like ten percent of oh, the movie good. and it was hell. Yeah. What, was it? what is next? I don't know. What is next? Eh, fuck. Uh, hell, we'll, I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> All right, dear listeners, we'll catch you after the next one. Yep. Wizard of Speed and Time. Well, it usually. Are they showing it digitally? Oh, it's such a cheat. I think the print might have died. Aww. They actually have a digital copy. They might. Let's see. Or maybe they're just showing the slide up. They might be giant ants. Okay. So, so we just watched Empire of the Ants. And Kelvin and I are here with Tim Lerner, who is like the the uh, fearless leader of our little group from the B-Movie message board. Den mother of a bathtub full of drunken cats. Yeah. Yeah. So we watched... Well, one of the beautiful things that happened before the movie started... Oh, they're showing this digitally, aren't they? Anyway, um, this can run in the background. It's fine. It's fine. Um, You'll edit out the parts where I sound stupid, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Thank you. So before they started the movie, the, the DVD screen came up, and it was one of those double features. And the other thing on the movie was, what was it, Jaws of Satan? Jaws of Satan, a killer rattlesnake movie. Yeah. Oh, my God, I want that. Show that next year, or now, or again. Now, again. Anything. Both. Why yes. not both? Why not both? But anyway, we continued on to Empire of the Ants, which is uh, sadly not a book. Not a movie based on the works of uh, Bertolt Dobler or E.O. Wilson, like I was hoping. So, um, yeah, it's based on, based on the H.G. Wells thing. In that it's in English and has ants in it. It has ants in it and Joan Collins. Yes. And a lovely DVD print, really. Yeah, a fantastic print. It looked very nice. It's a shitty movie, though. Yeah, it, it's the best that movie's ever going to look and much better than it actually deserved. Yeah, I agree. It's a... Uh, Oh, wow. <laughs> it was and, a rip-off oh, of ant- Piranha because yeah. part of it was we're going to build some condos here and the potential like timeshare buyers were the victim pool. The expendable meat was all yeah. these people who went on to, uh, to try and buy condos. Yeah. And so what's happening right now as we're recording this is the Wizard of Speed and Time. Shown digitally for the first time ever, I'm assuming because the print just up and died before this year. Although for digital, this is really scratchy looking. Yeah, it's got scratches and, and skips, so that's all right. So we've got the real kind of vintage experience here. And what happens is people run up on the stage and they fake run while laying down on the stage. Thumping noises happen. If you ever want your thighs to feel like they are actually on fire, do this for the minute and a half that this, the movie is. Yeah, and, and it's it's extraordinary because I I run, I do running, I'm fairly fit, and I do this each year. Well, apparently not this year, but every time I do this, it's like you feel your life flash right before your eyes. Yeah, it's like eyes. I'm it's made astoundingly of pudding. painful. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's it's like a very specific exercise that I do not do regularly. Well, regularly, but too far apart. Yeah, I don't think 90 seconds a year is going to help anything. No, I don't think so either. So anyway, Empire of the Ants. There were so many ant, ant puns. Oh, hey! And banana! 
Yes, but the whole movie did eventually become anticlimactic. Yeah. I did wait all movie to to whip out the dead ant. Timing is everything at the fest. But too few people heard me, and I can't go back to that moment, so that's all I had. So Wizard of Speed of Time is uh, still happening. Singing his theme song and doing all kinds of special effects. Yep. So now that it's being shown digitally, I'm wondering if they will continue the tradition of showing it backwards. And upside down. And upside down. They can down. no longer re-thread the projector, but if they were able to scan it, they were able to probably edit it to go backwards and upside down again. Yeah, one would hope we, we continue this. We will find out in a moment. He's still singing. Yeah. Probably this will be in the very, very, very faint background. But it is fantastic. Mike Jitlove worked for months by himself to stop motion animate a musical production number with him in it. And it is genuinely amazing. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's a lovely little short film, 1979, yes. which just flashed in front of my eyes. Backwards! 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 And upside down. I know everybody runs backwards and it's fabulous. Yeah, so there's a documentary about the Wizard of Speed and Time being made, right? Uh, There is a feature film that he expanded it into. The trailer says something like, five years in the making, five weeks in theaters. And uh, it is currently not available on legitimate DVD because uh, there was some sort of something where the producer absconded with the money. And ironically, the movie is about a producer stealing the money that's supposed to go into a special effects feature. Jesus. Life imitating art, imitating life, imitating art with uh, a Ray Harryhausen fever dream of a magical man who can run faster than trains and around moving cars. It's an astonishing work of love and craftsmanship, and I genuinely, it should have made Mike Jitlove into an animation superstar, but it's, it's hard to become famous if nobody sees your work. It's true. It's a real shame. It's a, a genuine shame. So, what is Mike Jitlove doing now? Is he still around? Uh, the last I'd heard was that he had kind of lost his goddamned mind oh. and made a Usenet post hoping to impregnate a woman with his genuine Nordic seed. Oh, God. Wow. That's from memory, but I'm pretty sure that's the last thing I'm aware of that he did. I believe he was also one of the animators in the film Ghost. When the weird shadow demon skull things dragged people off to hell, he was one of the animators for that. It's kind of weirdly fitting. Yes. Uh, Well, now I'm depressed. I'm terribly sorry. (laughs) Well, it's past midnight, so this is one of the uh, two traditions of B-Fest that happen at about this hour. Yeah, the one is, is Wizard of Speed and Time, forwards and backwards, and the other is the traditional midnight movie of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Which screened at the very first B-Fest, right? 
I I was six when the very first Bee Fest went on. Yeah, I know me too. for a while they were doing uh, the Creeping Terror as their midnight movie. Uh-huh. My surmise is that the print broke irretrievably and they replaced it with Plan Nine. Okay. And uh, in the last several years, they've done much more DVD. I don't believe there's going to be anything actually shown on film at this yeah. particular film festival. Yeah. But that does mean that a great many. Uh, films that would have been unavailable or unusable are now available to be shown. So, yes, we're no longer seeing the physical celluloid scratches, but on the other hand, we got to watch Tarkin versus the Vikings. Oh my god, it's Which was a goddamn hoot. (laughs) And, and, okay, so we're getting Wizard of Speed in time a third time. This time, played forwards, but upside upside down. down. Please tell me they do every iteration of this, which means we get it four times. I, I think that's likely to be happening. Yeah. All right, so Plan 9 is coming up, and uh, the tradition is it's gotten like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, there are, there, are, there are callbacks and lines to yell at the screen, to yell Bella and not Bella whenever uh, Bella Lugosi or his horribly unconvincing double are on screen. Yeah. I'm going to try and start a new one this year. There's a repeated clip of Bella Lugosi walking out and raising his cape, and I'm going to start yelling, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. I so support we'll, this. We will see if it works or not. I'm going to try and start a new riff. I, I, I truly support this. You are a good man, sir. Oh, thank you. <laughs> But also, as as, as uh, Kelvin and I have described in the past, the other tradition during Plan 9 is whenever the UFOs appear, you throw paper plates in the air. And we waste so much fucking paper there <laughs> this are way. There hun- are hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of paper plates. And one of the other B-Fest traditions is to write jokes on the plates yeah. so that when people have them la- punch them in the face, they don't resent it as much. Yeah, yeah. There's one person in the audience that does just beautiful work on their plates, and they're, like, highly sought after. Yes, they, they do stencils of the actors that we've lost over the last year, the B-movie-related actors. Yeah. And one year, uh, we had actually lost a frequent attendee. He had passed on, yeah. uh, posted under the screen name Hecubus, so he found a photo of the man, whose real name was Rick, and put Hecubus and his birth and death year dates just like all of the other people that we celebrate and all of the other people that he's memorializing. And I, I was legitimately touched because Hecubus was a friend of mine, and I only got to see him one time a year, and I'm never going to get to see him again. But I know that he had friends here, and I know that they miss him, and it really is. I mean, on the one hand, yes, it's a silly little ephemeral tradition to have just a paper plate and a stencil remembering you. Yeah. But on the other hand... The, the first year I don't make it here will be the year I'm dead. And if they're still holding B-Fest, I want someone to write, 14,999 Joe Meek fans can't be wrong when I'm no longer here. And it will be on 100 paper plates, man. That's your 21-gun salute. It's a 100-paper it's a plate salute. And it would mean that the people who genuinely understand me and genuinely cared are genuinely saying goodbye in a way that pays tribute to my weird, dumb, money, <laughs> money-eating, time-destroying, sleep-cycle-annihilating hobby. <laughs> we got three out of four, and my OCD is tweaking hard. Okay, so Plan 9, the, 
the card for Plan 9 just went up, so. So soon we will be watching the traditional midnight movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So how many years have you been coming to this thing? This is my 17th consecutive B-Fest. Good Lord. Yeah, I've I've had smarter ideas. (laughs) The other thing, if I'm known for anything here, it's known for making a mixtape of B-movie-related music, and this year... I handed out the 15th disc in 17 years of attendance. I skipped 2012 because the world ended. Yeah. You you needed a break. Ten in a row was enough, and and then starting up again was also enough. Although, was that the year that you handed me a briefcase full of discs? Probably. Okay. uh, It was 48 discs in a briefcase. That was a different thing. That was the Timothology, a 48-disc mixtape. Containing things that are not necessarily B-movie related. Right. But it was 48 discs worth of things. You're, you're and, not the only obsessive about, person. And I think every single one had Telstar on it. It's, uh, one of them had five different versions of Telstar. Yes. Yes, it did. This is, that's not Plan 9. Something other than Plan 9 is, is appearing here. And what yeah, the hell, this is people? Wrong. This is wrong. Hey, man, why you even got to do a thing? <laughs> All right. Uh, and it is starting, so farewell. Yeah, we got to get our paper plates ready. Farewell, Xanadu, Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome people, Yay. because Criswell is about to not predict a goddamned thing. Yes, Criswell, I, I envy your hair, sir. And we're back with Kelvin, and hey. it is after Plan 9 from Outer Space. The, the, the perennial Plan 9 and... Uh, Paper. Wizard of Speed and Time. Yeah, and which, paper plate throwing contest. And, and, yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, not really a contest, we, just event. We got a little behind schedule this year, and we didn't get to decorate our plates, which I, yeah. thought, I feel kind of bad about. Well, we but. should have just put doors on all of them, given how the door <laughs> thing has gone through. Actually, one plate, and I sadly threw it back up in the air, and I no longer have it. Somebody drew a UFO on the plate, and it's like... Why has this never happened before? This is it's like a recurs- exception. A, re- a recursive plate. Yeah, this is amazing, and I want to do it again. Yeah. I'll have to make note of that for next year. I, I, I do believe I have seen Plan 9 from Outer Space at this point more often than I have seen any other single movie in my life. It really says a lot about your life, sir. Uh, it does. I think the only other movie that might challenge it would be Monty Python and the Holy Grail. But uh, yeah. wow, I've seen Plan 9 a lot. Yeah, I know that this movie very well by now. Yeah. The the um, the incorporation of Dormammu I've come to bargain went fairly well. It's pretty good, yeah. yeah it did okay. There was some But new the ri- door thing worked better, yeah. especially with Tor. Oh yeah. Four doors and so many four door. Pretty fours. much anything that rhymed with door. Was, everything door, everything uh, is doors now. <laughs> yeah, there there was some some New riffing on Plan 9 this year. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I was yeah. hoping to get into an argument with the rest of the audience about what types of lights oh, yeah. were in the yes. light fixtures outside. <laughs> I just shouted out halogen and nobody took me up on it. So maybe next year. Halogen, iridescent, halogen. halogen complex fluorescent, LED, gaslight, limelight. I might have to work on fire. I might have to work on the song "You've Got the Touch" from Transformers. Oh know, yeah, with the glowing thing. Uh, you got the touch. You got oh, the power. Boy. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, I've got I, plans, man. Yeah, I've got plans, and I'll forget them all by tomorrow. Oh yeah, I know. But 
I'm starting to get real. I'm starting to get pretty tired because what is it like two in the morning or something? Oh, probably. I don't know. But uh, the next movie is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, which I've always wanted to see. And um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it's I think it's Duck Washington's favorite movie. Oh, oh, oh. Duck is uh, Duck really loves this movie. Okay, awesome. Um, I've never seen this. He, he he's talked about. There's a character called Shownuff the Shogun. Oh. And and oh, wow. he, he's talked about cosplaying it and stuff. So. All right, I'm taking notes. So it, okay, the, the DVD menu screen has come up. Oh wow. Yeah, it's. Yeah, we got we got to watch this. It, it's about a, a, a uh, an African American kid who's like really into kung fu movies and gets into like a kung fu situation. Okay. Basically. I'm on board. Yep. All right. We'll, uh, we'll be back. Oh. Oh God. Pen and scan. It's, it's, it's full screen or something. Shit. All right, dear listeners, we'll be back after this experience. Yep. Ah, Tristar. All right, and we're back after the last trick. Oh my God, Kelvin! Oh was, my God, that was maze balls. I, I I love the last dragon. It's it's like such an oh. odd mix of kung fu and like art, the the R and B side of the eighties. It's like you're freebasing the eighties. Yeah, it's 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 as eighties as it gets. It's it's it's, it's amazing. It, it's so hard to explain how much is is going on in this movie. So if it sounds like we're super mellow, it's because we're finally outside of the auditorium and my voice... We're not even halfway through this one. No. And my voice is almost entirely gone. Yeah. It, Kelvin's going to come out here and say, it's, uh, you know, like 3.30 in the morning at the moment. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm plunging back in because the next thing is Battlefield Earth. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going it, to attempt yeah. to stay up for Battlefield Earth. I, yeah. It, um, Kelvin's the wise one out of the two of us. But, but, but oh my God, the last dragon hits it. It's amazing. Yeah, the Last Dragon is oh my god something okay. else. I'm, okay, I'm so to... it's what like circa 1985. I didn't look up the year, and yeah, and it's Timek, uh, uh, the guy. What's his real name? Like he has a real name too. I, just, I don't know. And uh, the and Vanity, Vanity who isn't very good, but but um, God, what's her name? Faith. What? Faith Prince, yes, Faith Prince, yes. yeah. Faith Prince plays like the Cindy Lauper like yeah. bit role as a pop star the, 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 and, the, and the, these the extraordinary cin- outfits that are pure eighties. And then there's a villain. Like she, that, she has a giant plastic triangle in her her gig- ginormous hair. Yeah, and you know? like a popped <laughs> collar and colors that came straight from Crayola, and oh. just insanity. And uh, there's like a fake James Gandolfini in there, and a uh, really young William H. Macy in, 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 in one, what looks one scene, yeah. In like one scene, wearing what may be the jacket from Cool as Ice. Uh, <laughs> and it's extraordinary. Oh my God. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know where to begin to. After to, I record this, I'm going to buy the disc from Amazon so I can be assured it will be waiting for me when I get home. It's not exactly a, a, a plot oriented film. Yeah. I would say. Like, I, I don't. It's part of why I'm having such a hard time describing it, but it's. it's well, it's kind of a, 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 a sense carnival. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, I think that if, if it had more giant lizards in it, that would be like pretty much everything that goes yeah, on in the brain 24 I hours a day. I, I don't believe it was, it was a success when it came out because oh, no. I, I think the, uh, the kung fu thing was like pretty dead. 
We haven't. By the time it came out, we haven't even mentioned Shogun Shunuf. No, we haven't mentioned Shonuf the Shogun, who is uh, uh, something else. I, I I don't even know where to begin to describe. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that all the time when I'm on this. I'm, Tim, do I don't you know where to begin. Tim, Mr. Tim, 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 yeah. Tim, please, please join us. And what do you know about Last Dragon? Uh, the Last Dragon was Barry Gordy's Motown Pictures attempt for him to go from conquering the pop music universe to conquering the cinematic universe. It was such a smashing success that he almost never got to make another visual medium project, <laughs> but he followed it up with the TV miniseries Lonesome Dove, which is uh, the whitest possible thing he could have done, but also enormously, enormously successful. Yes. I had no idea he was involved with Lonesome Dove. You wouldn't think that, and yet it is true. That's super crazy. Almost as crazy as a kung fu movie romantic comedy. <laughs> Musical <laughs> featuring with, the with the barge. If if the Kurgan and the Terminator <laughs> did not exist, Shogun the Shonuff of Harlem would have been the best goddamned villain out of the entire decade of the eighties. I yeah, agree with that. We we do have to we do have to try to cajole our friend oh. Duck Washington into cosplaying yeah, Shonuff. I'm pretty sure it's I true. Have to sit out because I'm not in the mood for a documentary about year two of the Trump administration. Oh, oh snap. No, I, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I fought my way through Battlefield Earth before. I, don't I, I saw again. Battlefield Earth 14 years ago at B-Fest. It probably did not get any better while I wasn't looking, and I'm probably not watching at least... I'll, I'll probably watch some of it, but I definitely will not be watching all of it. One, it's 3.30 in the morning, and two... That movie is awful. It they, is. They do yeah. tend to put the soul crusher on in this time slot. Yeah, just, so, that so old, you don't feel bad about missing it. Right, and if you've got super true grit, you make it all the way through, and then you can rejoice it's, it's, watching it's something those, else. It's, this is the Hieronymus Merkin time slot. It is. It is. It really <laughs> is. It is. I made it through 45 minutes of that movie. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I ran it, away it, screaming after 30. It, it, it's something about those, the like, the 90s, early 2000s movies that suck. Yeah. They, they tend to suck in a really punch well, they, you in the head kind of way. Money at it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, I mean, there's such a whirlwind of suckitude around Battlefield Earth, you know, beyond the fake religion driving the thing forward and John Travolta on a vanity project. and. Uh, it was just, one of, oh, is it Franchise Pictures? The producer got the rights to things he knew were A-list stars' dream projects so that he could get them to make them for much, much, incredibly farther under their usual pay rate. That sounds like a genius idea. That's not a idea. As a business model, it's really not that bad an idea, but it gave us Battlefield Earth, so it is the worst. Yeah. It is the worst. I, it sounds like something that sounds really great in theory, but not so much in practice. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah you, you, you know, it's like you can't have too many Dutch tilts in a film. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing people stagger across the stage when it was shown as if they were sliding down the Dutch tilt over and over. You can, oh, that you can have, nice. you can have, uh, you can have nice. too limited a color palette in a film. I remember that film being green. Is that correct? No, it's purple. It's purple? It's like it's purple. purple. It's, that's, that's just, it's not deep purple. It's just, just purple. purple. It's that's purple sad. There's lots of gold in it. Lots of gold color. Ah. Uh, so okay. it's the Western Illinois Univer- University colors. Yeah. Yeah, everything, ah. everything, everything, everything sort of bronzed out whenever they're outside. 
Okay, because sunlight. Right. Okay. And the, and the, the, the breathe gas is purplish. <laughs> so everything had a purple tint whenever you're inside one of the domes. And the vocabulary is also ridiculous when they say things like, are you out of your head bone, stupid man animal? It, imagine if the dialogue was meant to be delivered by Dudley Manlove from Plan 9 for every line, and it will be it the would best. Make, it, would, it would be better. I, you know. I think so. I think it would be... Uh, it, 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 yeah. Well, Maeve here just had her first Plan 9 experience. So. Oh, that is amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. She, 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 leaned, she leaned into me, leaned into me uh, as, as Taurus lumbering through the graveyard. And says, this is more fun than I should be allowed to have. Also very oh, yeah. good. Yeah, Welcome thing. to B-Fest. Welcome. You are, you are a true believer yeah, you, along with us. Yes, one of us. Google gobble. We accept you. We, we accept, accept you. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's been a long haul overnight. It's, yeah. I, it's now about nine in the morning. Yeah, I willfully slept through Battlefield Earth. <laughs> good I, choice. Because I didn't want to deal with that. And I saw like the last half of Action Jackson, which is, which is fun in the '80s, beating people up kind of way. Okay, okay. It, it did have a ridiculous uh, scene at the end where he drives a sports car through the front door of a mansion, up the stairs of the mansion, down the upstairs hallway of the mansion to crash into the bedroom where the bad guy's hanging out. Which I don't think I, is. I don't think there's any house built anywhere that can accommodate that. Unless it was specifically made to accommodate that, but why would, I, I, why would you? <laughs> why really would you? Uh. So, yeah, I, I didn't watch Battlefield Earth, even though I had intended to watch Battlefield oh, man. Earth. I was out here in the lobby the entire time. Yeah. Because, because Tim was out here, and, and uh, Santo came out here, and Tim's oh, yeah. friend and his daughter were out here, and, you know, we just chatted the whole no, time. No, yeah, I, I, I did that during Bloodlust, which was a wise choice. It was a wise <laughs> choice, because Bloodlust, oh my God. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just needed social time, I think, and it was oh, fun yeah. to hang out here and talk. Y- and, yeah, it's, it's an important part. And, you know, even into Action Jackson. I, I got into Action Jackson, little action Jackson <laughs> about ten minutes before it ended. Mm-hmm. And, and saw, you know, explosions and, and Carl Weathers. And it's Carl Weathers punching people out. And... I figure, you know, I can watch that on Netflix. So Yeah. And, and I'd probably get almost as much enjoyment out of it because... At, Overnight, it gets really quiet in there. Yes. People aren't really screaming and hooting at the screen. Four, four in the morning, people are pretty tired. Yeah, because <laughs> half of them are passed out on the floor. Yeah. So, yeah. So we skipped a couple movies, and then um, then it was Andy Sedaris' hour. Andy <laughs> Sedaris, uh, who is a notorious filmmaker of the 80s for... Um, tits. Tits. Uh Basically, imagine you're a 13-year-old boy in the 80s. What kind of movie would you make? That's what he makes. Yeah. Um, and and Matt, I, I, I will confess <laughs> to enjoying Andy Sedaris movies. I didn't particularly enjoy Malibu Express. It, it, it veers into the rapey side of things. Oh, uh, yeah. That's just no. no. Yeah, it, it was interesting being... I, see, I was, I've seen one Andy Sedaris movie, which is Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Which, which is, is great. Bonkers. It's just, and, it's just pure what the fuck. Yes, it, yeah. yes, it's girls in bikinis with machine guns, and there is a radioactive cancer snake. And there's a radioactive cancer snake. Yeah, that's not a euphemism. There is a radioactive cancer 
snake. Those, yeah. those words strung together like a good German would do <laughs> to, to describe one it's unit a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mutant boa constrictor infected, infected with toxins from cancerous rats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a hard ticket to Hawaii, I can right, kind I, of recommend. I, I recommend you see insane. that one. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, Andy Sedaris, this will wake me up. And and then this had no plot, no radioactive cancer snake. No. And, Just and a Texas good old boy kind of having women throw themselves at him all the inexplicably. time. Inexplicably. And it was very telling. Like 15 minutes in, there was the... You know, woman showering, and another guy comes in, and she's like, ah, you know, screaming and pushing him away. And then, like three seconds later, she's like, oh, I enjoy it. Yeah. And and like, I heard the entire audience just tune out. It's like, oh no. Yeah. And you know, that's just when I just started it, it, my phone. It, it, yeah. I just. I, I, I saw that, I, and I and I understand that, and and totally. I, and, I was gonna. And, I was thinking of coming out into the lobby, but it's like. Eh, I'm lazy. I, I, there, there is one clip from an Andy Sedaris movie that I was looking for because I thought it was in this one, but it's not in this one. So That's too bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, speaking as someone who, for better or worse, <laughs> ha, ha, has sought, sought out a lot of movies with gratuitous nudity into it, um, in them, I, I, it says a lot mm-hmm. that I'm like, Please stop having women just take their tops off for no reason and have a plot. Yeah. Please just have a plot. I am a witness because Kelvin was sitting there next to me going, oh, God, let this movie end. Although although I was kind of amused by the, the, the P.I. character choosing to hide the, the film with the evidence on it by inserting it into his forty-four Magnum gun. I did see that. That was crazy. And, and then just placing it under a blanket. And then didn't he fire that gun afterward? Yeah. Yeah. But but the, that, that wasn't the film. But it should have been the film. It should have been the film. Uh, I, I, it should have, like, popped out of the barrel like a like funfetti or something, you um, know? And, and just, just one weird little footnote. Um, one of the supporting, one of the thug roles is by a guy named Art Matrano. Mm-hmm. Art Matrano was this like sort of wacky stand-up comedian from the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's he, he's just playing a you know a, a total asshole thug here. You know where he's just like yeah, let's get this fucker. Uh, you know, and it's just kind of weird and sad to see this like extremely funny guy playing like this incredibly generic thug role. There's also this great opening sequence of titles which involves a woman with improbably long nails typing <laughs> on a cu- cu- computer keyboard bringing up computer text very blocky like uh, circa 1983 yeah. video cassette titles. Yes, um, that would have been the height of technology in those days. It was like like when they, when they first had monitors that could do color. Yeah. Not like, just green screens. Like 8-bit color. You yeah, know, just yeah. That, that, that was appreciated. That was yeah. a lot of fun. I don't know how you could type and, with two-inch nails. And, and also the completely improbable fashion of Sybil Danning when she shows oh, up. Oh, so, yeah. Sybil Danning is in this and, and she wears the most structurally engineered barely there dresses I think I've ever seen. I don't know how how those happen. Like, I don't know how that engineering well, like, like, literally, she wears one, one physics-defying dress, goes around the corner, comes out in a different physics-defying dress. Yeah. I mean, it's like, 
You, you didn't get into that without toupee tape. No. My, my, my favorite little um, riff I did there is like the, the hero of the film comes up to the, the Sybil Danning character who's wearing, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like the, like the most cleavage dress you can, you can yeah. construct. It's like down to her navel. And, and yeah. And, and, and presents her with like a, 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 a present that I guess is for some reason had just said, Oh, he brought you the rest of your dress. Yeah. It was like a photo <laughs> negative of the other dress. It was. It was. Somehow. It was like the, the the new dress is like some colossal underboob thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how that works. Yeah, but um, that was high. I I, I I appreciated that, but it, the the dumb animal part of my brain really loves Sybil Danning. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could watch her take off a pair of gloves for like an hour. I can appreciate that. She, the, there's that scene well, where yeah where, yeah, yeah where she's, she's taking like, off the gloves and it's yeah like, it's oh, like yeah uh-huh, yeah. yeah. There, there really is some, something to that. I, yes. I will agree. Yeah. So, so now we have breakfast break, which is, is still drifting onward. And uh, we have the Gong Show movie, right? Yeah, that's coming up. Good Lord. I've always been curious about it. Oh, and it, as a footnote, uh, I finally ran into Spoonie from, um, uh, God, I don't know what the affiliations are this day, but, you know, he does, uh, you know. From that formerly that guy with the glasses, but yeah. uh, he he finally showed up and it's like Spoony here have this and I gave him a gift and it was my old Turl figure from Battlefield yes Earth. like the the fourteen inch tall one that talks yes. and it still talks and it lights up and it comes with gold bars and it has <laughs> multiple things to say and he was so delighted it's like this uh, this thing has been in my basement since no, like two thousand two yeah oh, and yeah. I am so glad somebody. Is happy with yeah. It. I, I've seen Battlefield Earth once, and that's enough. That figure was much better than the movie. Yeah, because by God, it's, it's a pretty it's, awesome looking figure. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's this giant John Travolta and dreadlocks and go go boots, and and it talks yeah. and lights up. What what else do you want in life? Yes, yeah, so the lesson you learn from Battlefield Earth is there are shots other than Dutch tilts. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> that movie. All right. Anyway, we should get back in there. Yeah, and, uh, I got I got to hit Starbucks pretty badly here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You better get in line, dude. Yeah, it's it's uh, we're on a college stonking. campus, and it's the Starbucks. It's, yeah, and the it's nine thirty a.m. And, and everyone, yeah. And uh, there are a bunch of forty-year-old dudes in here that also need coffee. Yeah. So. Yep. So, again, hard ticket to Hawaii. Yes. Malibu Express. No. No. Yeah. Radioactive cancer snake approved. <laughs> oh, well, that was the Gong that Show movie. That was the movie. Gong Show movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, uh, okay. Uh, okay yeah, um, dear listeners, if, if you are not familiar with the Gong Show movie, uh, Chuck can... Barris was the host of the Gong Show. Yeah. And he, he directed and wrote and starred in the Gong Show movie. Yes. I... As himself. I have a couple weird background things about this that I, I just know off the top of my head. Please, because I know nothing about okay, this. Okay, The Gong Show was originally supposed to be like a serious, like a fairly serious amateur talent yeah. show. Yeah. But they were horrified at the quality of the acts they received. <laughs> so they decided to play it like an outright, you know, crass comedy thing. Yeah. And it was a phenomenon for a short period of time. Then the show got canceled. The Gong Show movie came out after the show was canceled. Yeah, I... And, I 
I got that. I think so. I think so. And 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 it. Um, Nineteen eighty. Same year as Stunt a, Rock. Yes. Just saying. Yes. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tail end of the seventies, basically. But uh, it it it. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, the it, it it was. The, uh, After it canceled. People were were. It, it was a big flop. People were kind of mm-hmm. expecting it to just be gong show acts that were like too risque to actually be on TV, yeah. which is shocking because the gong show was incredibly risque. Yeah, I know. Um, I but but, but instead, it's this very odd, morose, like, I am sick of my life, quasi-autobiographical thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in a weird way, it reminds me of the Monkees movie Head. Mm-hmm. And to a lesser degree, Maria Bamford's... Uh, Netflix show Lady Dynamite <laughs> because they're both like these way darker than you expect uh, autobiographical showbiz comedies. <laughs> wow. Which is like that, yeah. that's a, a strangely intellectual thing to say about something as crass and bewildering as the Some, Gong Show movie. It, does somebody, but, somebody behind me noted it was like all that jazz except it was Chuck Barris instead. Kind of. of. In, instead like, of uh, uh, like, I'm on a self-destructive yeah. path here. Uh, although it's there's no drugs or alcohol that I can determine. Nor is there real any real soul searching. I mean, the the, yeah. the the prize of all that jazz is the kind of unyielding look yeah. and unflattering look mm-hmm. that uh, 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 Fest is eating my brain. I haven't slept yet. Oh, oh God! Uh, uh, Even I managed to get a couple hours. But, but yeah, um, Fosse, Fosse. It is Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Fosse had this this amazingly cruel look at himself for all that jazz, and it's a wonderful piece of art. Whereas this, this is this just, is a vanity picture. It, it, it's a bizarre. Oh, woe is me! I'm famous. And... Yeah, it's a bizarre little uh, uh, tail end of the 70s. The the tidal wave of the 70s has broken and is now crumbling. And yeah, lo- it's and, like and all, watching the Soviet And all the flotsam and jetsam that was in the tidal wave is just kind of washing over you. And, and <laughs> But the beauty of it is that it's dredging up all these... First of all, I think we're watching it off of Blu-ray. It was beautiful. <laughs> but... Um, I can't believe it really was a nice shape. It is, yeah. Because apparently nobody wanted to watch it, so the print must have been pristine. But um, the, the the all the acts that it dredged up. It's yeah. like, oh, Rip Taylor. It's I never laughed at Rip, Rip Taylor when he was a thing. But yeah. oh my god, I kind of love Rip Taylor. Yeah, now. yeah. I, when I'm 65 and I retire, I want to be Rip Taylor. Now I want it, it, to it, have it glitter be, and a hanky fabulous. and be fabulous. And uh, the, with, the, with or without the mustache? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I have I have a couple decades to figure that out, I figure. But um, maybe it would be a new fashion thing. I don't know. But uh, uh, the, the Unknown Comic. The Unknown Comic. always hysterical. Was, was a weirdly fin- uh, formative experience for me was the Unknown Comic. Unknown Comic is amazing. Yeah. Legit. And, and uh, just, just oddball a, things like the guy dressed up like Dracula hanging upside down playing the banjo. A 32-year-old Phil Hartman. Yes. Phil Hartman yes. is in this. Yes. <laughs> I'm working, Spoonie. I'm working. All right. All right. <laughs> you can join us if you want. <laughs> all right. All right. Later. After Gargo, we'll get you. Okay. 
<laughs> Spoonie from the Spoonie experiment. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, Phil Hartman, 32-year-old Phil Hartman. Uh, just so just hanging, out, hanging out in an airport with a gun. Oh, uh, like 1980 was the first year that he started showing up in mm-hmm. movies. And one of the other movies he apparently showed up in in 1980 was Stunt Rock. I didn't know that. I don't recall him in Stunt Rock. Right? Oh, God. I need to watch it again. This is when he was, like, doing stuff with Pee Wee Herman. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it, it's this young guy holding up Chuck Barris in an airport, you know, as you do. And um, the voice comes out of him, and it's like, uh, it does not compute. There's a young face, but that voice does not match that face. And then his eyebrows go up, and, <gasps> and yeah. it's Phil Hartman. Who else had a big had a big recognition moment of someone in there? Oh God! Well, Vincent uh, Schiavelli, who's like a, a yeah. weird character actor, I, I know about. Tony uh, Tony Randall. Tony Randall shows up at one point. And you know, oh, oh, Taylor yeah. Negron. Yeah, Taylor Negron, really young. Yeah. Uh, who else? Well, Jamie Farr was one of the judges on yeah. the show, and you know, he's always fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just all this. I, 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 I kind of bizarrely enjoyed the Gone Show, but I think oh, I'm yeah. the only one in the theater that did. Well, well, kind of the fun part was um, when they went into the clips from the show itself. Yeah. Because all the bonkers... There's a lot things. of reality and fiction blurring. They're using outtakes yeah. from the show and then like clearly staged things. Yeah. That are filmed to look like the show. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like a variety show movie show. Yeah. Variety. It is. Yeah. Variety show. So, yeah, yeah, it's. I, I think it's if, worth checking out for just the bizarreness level. If I if I peeled open Bill Steitler's head like an overripe fruit, I believe the Gong Show or the, the Gong Show movie specifically would be a lot of what was going on in. His yeah, head. it's kind of like the inside of my head sometimes too. Yeah. It's like it's like a mashup of uh, the Gong Show movie and and the Venture Brothers. <laughs> Yeah, there's more Venture Brothers in you, sir. I think, I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, this is why I love you. Yeah. Also, the Godzilla baseball shirt you're wearing right now. Oh yeah, is I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a Godzilla baseball shirt. Yeah. And the, the Tokyo Terrors, it's wonderful. It's, it's Godzilla's so, a Japanese baseball player. Yeah. So the mayhem you're listening to behind us, dear listeners, is Gorgo. Gorgo has just started. Which is Britain's version of Godzilla. And uh, I've seen it before, which is why I find opening, uh, yeah, missing I, me, the opening me too. of it. Yeah, me too. It's a very good movie. I yeah, think. it's actually really delightful. Um, so I uh, I should get back in there and watch yeah, it. Yeah, I, I need to do... Yeah, you, 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 visit you, the little boy's room here. But yeah, you need to, like, maintain your body, Because I, I, you know, two hours of sleep, I drank a lot of Starbucks, so... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelvin. Yeah, details. <laughs> well, that was Gorgo. It certainly was Gorgo. It was I, so much Gorgo. I I have always legitimately liked Gorgo. It's in a in a way, it's kind of like the closest we'll ever get to a hammer kaiju film. Yeah, I can see that. And, yeah. and I was reflecting on the fact that you know, Japan got bombed for years. Britain got bombed for years during the Blitz. It's one of the kaiju movies from the Western world, but where the monster barely notices the military response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not going to be like the Deadly Mantis or Tarantula, where it's like, oh, with our American know-how, we will kill the fuck out of that. No, thing. yeah. Right. Not like that at all. It's, um, a, you know, like a certain emphasis on, like, location filming. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's weird in a kaiju movie. Uh, you don't see that too much. And, and... Uh, 
I genuinely find the crowd scenes like legitimately disturbing. Yes. Yeah. People, you see people getting trampled. You see people getting knocked off of like staircases. And I, I think yeah. that's also going to be part of the heritage of the Blitz. That there's a memory yeah. of people that not every casualty would have been from the monster. Not every casualty would have been from the Axis powers. That there's casualties yeah. from panic. Yeah. yeah and and um, there's a whole Smith song about it. Yeah. <laughs> Given that we are. Um, Three atheists, the the one guy, the one street crazy with the repent the end is near sign, like mm-hmm. you tr- yelling at people and he just gets trampled to death. Yeah, and I don't I don't mean that as like serve right, ha, Jack. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mean it necessarily as that. I, it's like legitimately upsetting. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. and you know he had to have been thinking, well, I guess this is the end then. But I was not expecting giant lizard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, thought, I thought it would at least have horns or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just as I thought, giant lizard. You never said giant lizard <laughs> in your life, Nigel. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's um, it owes a lot to King Kong too. I think. Oh mm-hmm. well, the yeah, whole absolutely. put the monster yeah. on exhibit. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. It, well, uh, Godzilla owes it's, a it's, lot it's to King Kong. It's the capitalist motivation for the kaiju attack. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gojira had um, the original Godzilla. Gojira. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had so much tragedy in it that that's directly from World War II. Bombing. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about I the was bomb. Really struck by the by the thing where the uh, in that one where the 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 kids are in the burn ward, the radiation burn ward. Yeah. Yes. They're like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that at the Detroit Film Theater, and people were giggling because it was in a foreign language. And I, I remember wishing for a slapping license that day because. <laughs> There's nothing amusing it, about someone clutching The, the original kids. Godzilla is is a Gen- genuinely a upsetting film. Yeah. It's a horror movie, not a monster movie. And you yeah. know, the yeah. mother saying, "We'll be with your father soon," while the monster is destroying everything around mm-hmm. them. Is, yeah, that's not funny. If you find that funny, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which was which was really kind of disturbing when when um, Raymond Burr did the did the actual Godzilla version, and it's like. This is not what... No. I no. Mean, it's like they took a whole bunch of the scenes and... and you know, I've never actually seen the Raymond Burr I've, version. I've seen about ten minutes of the Raymond Burr version. There's lots yeah, of the hard. backs of Japanese people's heads while yeah. he's talking. Yeah. Um, I prefer actually seeing Takeshi Shimura. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Americans are really, you know, programmed to kind of laugh at kaiju stuff because we, we grew up on terrible dubs. That, and, 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 and some MST3K. are legit. And to MS3K, and some yeah. kaiju films are legitimately stupid. Yeah, including <laughs> yeah. some well, and, and there's no cultural context there. We never had to face anything that that knocked us completely off that pedestal. So, uh, you know, the 2014 Godzilla, which I quite like, and which yeah. a great many people, you know, fan opinion is sharply divided. <laughs> but that's our post 9/11 kaiju movie, mm-hmm. and that's the one where there is something we can culturally reflect on to that doesn't even notice that we're trying to kill it. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 pro the 2014 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Boom. There was a fist uh, bump, dear listeners. Yeah. <laughs> there was a fist bump right in front of the microphone. We should have done it closer. They might have seen it. They they might have. They might have. No, so if we just but, crashed our fists together, it had an impact know, loud enough to be audible. Thousands of miles an hour. So like like canon films sort of. Yeah, yeah, like yes. like the end Very of uh, any of the meat slap punches from that Hercules. Movie. The end of yeah. uh, what, what, the, the end of Robot Jocks or something. Yeah, there you go. Real steel yeah. action there. <laughs> so, 
but going back to Gargo, I think it's so interesting the the kind of stiff upper lip sort of treatment of it. Yeah. And um, I was mentioning to Tim while I was sitting next to him, uh, but now that I'm much more familiar with the Quatermass series of media, um, Gorgo has a lot of echoes of that as well, with the uh, kind of this fact of life post-Blitz yeah, sort of attitude. Everyone's just getting along and getting going along and getting along. And then there's this completely unprecedented thing. And we, there isn't a Quatermass figure in this one. There's, no. There's a couple of showmen who decide that it turned out to be a really bad idea to drop a, a what turns out to be the baby monster yeah. right, right in the middle of London so that when Mommy Monster comes to come get it, there's an incalculable, incalculable loss of life and property. The, yeah. The, uh, and, and it's kind of interesting, like... I think this is the one kaiju movie I can think of where the the, the Kenny character isn't like completely annoying. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know, and his motivation is is less like. Well, I mean, it's somewhat like you know, nature shouldn't be tampered with, but it, but it doesn't have that. Oh, but he's our buddy. Gorgo is the friend yeah. of all children. He doesn't right. have. The, it isn't that. It's just like you people are idiots. Yeah. Do you not realize <laughs> that you you've never encountered this before, and there's no way to predict what it can possibly do? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and a child are... shall lead them running away <laughs> from a beast. Yeah. And and another thing I like about the movie is spoiler, 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 it's mama coming to look for the baby and once they figure out what's going on, it's like, Oh we'll just let them wander back into the sea. Yes. And that's not, it. Not that they'd managed to do anything yeah. to the mother, but they probably could have killed the, the infant one and if that was the case, uh, London would have been scraped off the fucking map. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the, I, I, I like the British approach to, to kaiju, uh, certainly more than the Danish approach to kaiju, or the Korean yeah. approach to kaiju. Yeah, if you want to see the totally apeshit version of this, that's Gappa. Okay. Which was the Triphibian Monster? The Triphibian Monster, which is... Um, Filipino, was it? I don't know. The one time I saw it was at a double feature October thing from public domain DVDs at a theater in Ann yeah. Arbor. But once again, it's the the baby is yeah. captured, and, yeah. then the and then the parents come and looking Daddy for are it. Like, hey, uh, hey, you know what you're gonna be letting go of right now is our kid. Yeah, yeah. And you know, once the family is united, they wander off into the they, air in They that have case. no further interest in and in, in causing any damage to anything because yeah. they got yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. So it sounds like they're going to start the raffle soon. No, the giveaway. The giveaway. The giveaway. Sh- Raffles are illegal in Illinois, so there is it, it's about a giveaway. to be a giveaway. And it my is friend, a giveaway. My friend Joel, who left early, gave me his ticket, so oh. I have two, two, giveaway two tickets. chances to lose the giveaway. Excellent. I am proud. Well, Kelvin, what the hell happened in that movie? Because I was distracted. I can't even begin to tell you. That that movie was 18 and a half barrels of suck. It, okay, so Future, uh, future hunters. hunters. Future Hunters is so, what was playing that I completely Something ignored. about a post-apocalyptic scenario, but there's like... I'm not real sure what they did. Uh, a, the the guy gets this like magic spear, goes back in time to the present day, aka 1986, uh-huh. uh, and this needs to do something to stop like the upcoming apocalypse. There's uh, 
any number of things happening. Um, Asian martial arts stuff, some kind of neo-Nazi groups that want want the apocalypse to happen and is trying to steal his fear. Mm -hmm. And this involves going through the, the jungle and doing things like jumping out of an exploding helicopter uh, and five minutes later jumping out of a crashing airplane. Yeah. Uh, running into a race of dwarves that live in a cave. Okay. Uh, some kind of uh, fur bikini Amazon women. Okay. Um... I, I cannot, for the life of you, tell you what the plot of this thing is. It, 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 it's a great example of how you how a movie can have some crazy B-movie concept and or a fight scene like every two or three minutes and be the most boring as fuck thing you can ever imagine. <laughs> There's, there, there was no emotional engagement whatsoever. Wow. Um, I, which is kind of too bad because the, the, the woman... Is side by side with the guy and is kicking butt. Significantly more competent than the guy. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, but it's it's such a suck ass movie. It's it's directed by Sirio Santiago, who is like the trash movie king of the Philippines. Makes sense. Uh, and and, it, and it's kind of a road warrior ripoff. It was sort of. It was at, at the beginning, point. and then it becomes a martial arts film, and then it just becomes. A mishmash. Uh, like, you know, basic 80s action stuff. Huh. It's, it's so odd. It's, it's like just spinning the dial of B-movie concepts. <laughs> and just like, all oh, this came up, we'll put this in here now. Every 10 minutes, refresh it. But there's no, there's no intriguing batshit insaneness to it. It's just, it stunk. I hated it. I really hated this movie. All right. I, I don't feel bad for ignoring it because... There's any number a, of more important things happening in the world yeah, right now. Yeah, I, I, I noticed on, I, I put the internet back on my phone after uh, doing the previous recording. And as I opened Facebook, well, I found out like 175,000 people are marching on Chicago outside the walls of this auditorium right yeah. now. Um, and in other... Other places in the world, Vancouver and yeah. D.C. and New York and Amsterdam and London. And there is even a march in Antarctica right now. You mentioned that and that blows my mind. 30, 30 women in Antarctica. Well, well they, there might be them. a couple guys. Well, in absolutely. 30, 30 people in Antarctica, which is, you know, significant. It's, so, um, yeah. yeah and, I, it's hard to justify being here. Right there's now, actually no, no, no. history happening outside yeah. the walls of this building at the moment. And I'm kind of, well, I'm very envious of the people who are out there taking part of it. I understand and, it, yeah. Um, I mean, I can I can justify my presence here in any number of ways, you know, one of which is, you know, uh, you rode with me. But <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I look forward to this all year and all that. Okay. But, and, you know, I think it's important to represent as a female in this environment, which oh, is God, yeah. very male. Yes. There are many more women here than even oh. when I started coming oh yeah, not yeah. so many years ago. And it's been interesting hearing the comments that get uh, shouted out by the audience have changed over the years. It, there's a lot, a less, lot less sexism. A lot less sexist, homophobic stuff. Yeah, much just, less. Just in like five years. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's remarkable. Yeah. And uh, the, the choices of movies are a little less egregious every year. I mean, part of what makes bad movies bad is sometimes the inappropriateness of yes. their politics. But 
you know, there's there there was there was a lot of it, it shouldn't be an assault on the sensibilities. Of th- your th- there was a lot of politics. gratuitous attempted sexual assault in in future hunters, yeah. just to I guess remind the audience that there are villains or something. Yeah, something. I'm, I'm getting I I have really lost all tolerance for that. I yeah. I I, I, uh, I understand it can be used to make an actual serious point or something you know like in a, in a more in a non-B movie kind of yeah, context and, but I still don't even want to see it then you know oh yeah I just, it's a I mean that's a deep pit we can go down talking oh, God, yeah. about it yeah. and it, it, it comes into you know yes you can use it as a plot point but does it have to fuel every female character yeah. um, if you use it as a plot point and the female character is thin as paper yes. you have done a disservice and you know that all that Carrie stuff Grant. but anyway right, <laughs> anyway right now we oh, yeah. have Tarantula going on screen right now Tarantula is a great movie yeah, uh, and, uh, and I will be, be coming back right after the bathroom <laughs> yeah again yeah, again we're, we're coming to the end of this because it's Tarantula and like one other movie. And they live. And they live, which I am really looking forward to I, right it, now. We, people are going to be, be bonkers right now. Pe- yes. The whole audience hated Future Hunters, and it was it was an unusually quiet audience for B-Fest. Yeah. Because no one just had any energy to even rip on it. It was just... Yeah, I, uh, I think a, a significant amount of people were just looking at their phones watching the marches. So. I think a lot of that's happening. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wow, a, do I understand? A lot, a lot of the men who are here have wives who are out there marching. Yes. So. Yes. Anyway, we're going to watch Tarantula because giant monsters. Yes. Giant, giant spider. Giant spider. Always a thing. And followed by They Live. Which, a great American movie. <laughs> yeah. And which feels very appropriate to me. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> Catch you later, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, no. So that was uh, Tarantula. Tarantula. I've, I've always liked Tarantula ever since I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I, I've just always had this fondness for 50s monster movies, I guess, because they're the some of the first geeky things I can remember seeing, except for, like, Star Trek, I think. Yeah. You know, because they would always be on, like, a, like a Saturday afternoon matinee or something. And science was the hero. And, yeah. You know, they, he'd be saved by the, science and, and the military, and they worked together to save you. And, you know, it depends on the, on the movie. the giant spider. Yeah, yeah, and it depends on the movie, but sometimes it's actually know, kind of okay science. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, this one's halfway decent. Yeah, like, you know... There's the there's the, the the spider scientist who just says you know like tarantulas are just part of the ecosystem you don't really need to be afraid of them yeah yeah their their venom is is really weak you know it, it hurts but that's about it you know oh yeah and, it, and it's absolutely true I was just telling Kelvin that uh, I I myself had a pet tarantula for a while yeah and uh, she was uh, it was just a rose hair tarantula and mm-hmm. just pretty simple pet to take care of not much harder than my lizards to take care of but yeah. they're very very fragile you know you drop them from the height of a couple feet and they can crack open and that's the end of your spider yeah wow that blows my mind yeah but um people ha- have been known to take super glue and glue their spiders back together <laughs> so they don't die yeah i really um the makeup in this is really good because yeah. like, the humans get affected and they get acromegaly yeah uh, yeah, and so they get the the big forehead. And yeah, it, but it's good makeup. It it's is really, really good makeup. Seamless, yeah. It's not super monstery or anything. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I just always like the the desert settings and the 
Yeah, and, and I'm weirdly fond of like the female leads in 50s science fiction movies. Yeah, they're they're like the plucky female, and they're also smart scientists. And yeah, I mean they're, yeah, they're professional it's, it's women. Nice. Yeah, they they shriek and get scared a lot, but I think that's understandable. Yeah, when your giant spider is there. Oh, it's interesting that these are you know offshoots of the of the atomic bomb. Yeah, where, you know you're coming out of <laughs> they live is starting. Um, well, you know, you're coming out of World War II, and, you know, scientists saved the day, albeit through destruction, but, um, you know, women have, uh, you know, been running the, the manufacturing jobs while yeah. men have been away at war, and uh-huh. so, you know, women have a certain amount of empowerment, and, and uh, you know, they, they're working by the scientists, and... So it's, you know, it's Maybe nice four. to see. You know, there's always that healthy dose of sexism there, too. Mm-hmm. But, we got the lots like No, it's, uh, you know, they're fun. You know, and we, we love our giant monsters here. Oh, yeah. So what uh, is going on in the background here is Meg Foster just came no. up in the credits. Um, John Carpenter's They Live is beginning, and uh, I love this movie. So. It's, it's so, yeah, George Buckflower. Yes. But, uh, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Yeah, it, it's a great movie. Uh, I'm wearing my day my day live T-shirt, which is like they live aliens newscasters, and it just says watch TV. Yeah. Uh, and and um, um, oh, it'd be nice if it wasn't so thematically relevant right now. Oh, I'm sure that's part of why it was chosen. Yeah. I, especially since one of the giveaway items in the raffle, not raffle, the giveaway, the giveaway items in the giveaway yeah. was a uh, Trump shirt, as it, but Trump was the, you know, as seen through the sunglasses yes. as an alien. So. Yes. Uh, anyway, it's yeah. good to be in a blue state. There you go. I, yeah, there's a lot of reasons I live in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to really enjoy this because it, it is projected big, it is big and pretty, it's a, and it's a fun film. Looks like so. it might be a Blu-ray print, too. Yeah, it's looking nice and clean today, so yeah. um, we're going to enjoy the hell out of this and be right back. Yep. So, Kelvin, we are back at our hotel room. B-Fest is over, and we, we closed it all with... They live. They live. Which oh is kind of perfect and horrifying. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, wow. I, I mean, I've even watched it recently, like within the last year, year and a half, mm. and uh, was like, yeah, this is still really relevant today. And now watching it, midday, or what day is it? It's Saturday still. We're Saturday, it, yeah. It's one, day, <laughs> it's one day after the Trump inauguration, and I'm watching it going, oh, this this is so relevant, it stings, like, physically. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I like no. it. They, they Live is like one of those movies I think everyone has to see before they die. I mean, re- yeah. regardless of... If they like like genre stuff ever at all, even mm-hmm. um, I just I think it's that important. Um, yeah, it, and and it, it, it astonishes me it was made in the eighties, mm-hmm. and there is like I, it is inconceivable that would have been made now. Right, I can't imagine any movie studio having the guts to even begin to do it. Well, um, I. I I think it could be easily made now just because it's easier to get funding for 
uh, an independent film. It would have to be an independent. Yeah, yeah. And, but and I and I think you know there are definitely filmmakers out there that are making things this wily and and uh, clever and incisive and mm-hmm. and all that. It's just that it's it's weird that even though technology has progressed so mm-hmm. far, these forces are still happening in our society and it's like i would have hoped we have would have moved beyond this in the last 30 years mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet here we are and it's it's like the details keep changing but the main drive is the same it's the you know once you see what's going on you put on the sunglasses and you go oh it's just telling me to obey. It's telling me to consume. It's telling me to the. It's the. Uh, we we're living in this society awash with uh, all these messages that are coming in that we don't really think about in there. And it, and it drives us forward. So. And and of course it it's it's, it it gained relevance today because you know it's, as we mentioned in earlier recordings. Uh, right as we were watching these movies, the march, on, the women's march on Washington was happening, yeah. and all across the world, and all these people were representing. And there's a lot of talk about, like the guy punching the neo Nazi in the face on television. And the movie is very, very fun because you know once Roddy Roddy Piper walks in and mm-hmm. says, "I'm all out of bubble gum," and mm-hmm. starts shooting up the place, you're like, "Yay, go away, aliens!" But really, that's. Not, not a solution. Tactic. That's exactly. not the tactic we can take, and and seeing being able to just look on my phone while this movie is playing, which it which is fine in the theater. By the way, I, this is the only film festival. Where yeah, you yeah, can, you it, can tweet, you can talk, whatever. It, it, yeah, it's it, it's a peculiar festival yeah. that way, and it's always kind of weird to describe. Yeah, people sometimes. But, yeah, yeah. It, it it is a rarefied place where you can do whatever yeah. you want in that theater. Well, except for like. You know, illegal. don't masturbate. I don't suppose. yeah yeah don't don't have sex in front of the kids. You know that sort of thing. But um, the the you know being able to look at my phone and see millions of men and women representing themselves against uh, you know this this political power that is uh, taking its place in the government and peacefully demonstrating that they are here and. They're not going to go peacefully into, well, not peacefully. They're they're not they're going to resist mm-hmm. the the things that have already been taking place in yeah. in Washington, and um, seeing the you know just this tidal wave of people representing themselves and seeing the photos online, yeah, going, yes, this is this is the way it's done in real life and uh it it gives me hope for the future (laughs) no yeah uh um i mean yeah there was a lot of fairly regular regular attendees of b-fest who were not there because they were they were uh, doing a march march thing yeah um and uh i i Cannot even begin to fault them for that but Mm -hmm. yeah I, i i was definitely having uh some Guilt for not being out there for watching some movies while not being out there. Guilt, guilt for like like a moral lapse type thing of like I'm I'm well it was particularly bad during uh, 
Future Hunters because Future Hunters is terrible, super terrible. But um, yeah, like you know, why I I why did I do this? And and the fact is, and the truth is, I do it because it's I, I have a lot of fun with it. But I you know I also kind of think like, well, maybe we're not in an era where fun has a role anymore. Uh, Of course it does. I I mean, that's that's a really weirdly pessimistic way of putting it. But but, but here's the thing. Art is culture. I would like to think so, yeah. Culture is art. And and, um, even though we're watching shitty-ass movies, Mm. or, you know, in the case of They Live, a wonderful Mm. B-movie, a legitimately great movie that is of a genre that is often marginalized, we are convening in Chicago with a group of people. And this is a community. This is a family that we have constructed. Um, these are people we love to see every year. Um, at, least, at least our little BFest group, the kind of B-movie message board group that uh, we've both fallen into. Um, they're very liberal. They're, uh, you know, even though it, it, it's largely a little clatch of... Uh, white males of a forty yeah. to fifty years old. There were you know? <laughs> there, there, there were there were uh, some conservative guys on yeah. it, but they weren't. You know, they never really came to be fest because of yeah any number of reasons. You know, uh, well, uh, non non political related reasons. You know, yeah, and and you know even even so, you know there there's often. A, a, a conservative or two who do fall, fall into these little groups and they're usually of a, a conservative brand that's that is willing to work with a bunch of bleeding heart liberals yeah <laughs> like i i mean i i like to uh put forth c robert cargill as an excellent uh example of this he, he's a republican yeah. and he is a uh, nerd through and through, and he loves all of his liberal friends, but he's he's very much like an Eisenhower Republican, and which is like a you know a hen's teeth rarity thing now. Oh well, I think they're more common than you think. Yeah, they they may not realize they're Eisenhower yeah. Republicans, and I think there's a lot of liberals who are actually Eisenhower Republicans, and and I think a lot probably, of probably yeah, and I think a lot of them have drifted over into the quote liberal category just because of the social issues. I sometimes think maybe that's where I'm at, but I I don't know. I I I, yeah. I, I often think I'm more moderate than other people I know, but I don't think that's necessarily true either. Right. I, it's just like having any kind of. Um, a lot about what the what the current society uh, I find really frustrating is like what I really hate the fucking Tea Party about is like they've made the whole concept of compromise suspicious. Yeah, yeah, and and you literally can't do democracy doesn't exist without compromise. Yeah, and 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 relationships don't exist without compromise. Right, and and you know you can't have like two roommates living together without compromise. Nothing works without compromise, and we can't, it's not possible to do it now, because if you make any gesture towards it, it means, you know, you're, you're a sellout or something. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm so infuriated by that. I don't think that makes me a moderate. No. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like it, 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 it is on some level. It, well, it, you know, it, the way it, people think now. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is this weird mirror universe than what I was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even brought up in, even though I came up during the Reagan era, but mm. uh, it's it, yeah, it's so frustrating because 
you know, when, when it becomes us, us versus them, it does boil down to the end of They Live, where it just winds up being, you know, the good guys shooting bad guys when, you know, if the situation really existed, I mean, it's like, wow, there are aliens living among us. How does that work? You know, how, how can we learn from them? Or, you know, it's something like that. It, 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 if it, um, it, you know, clearly in They Live, it's an enslavement thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And we can talk in circles about this all day. But it's, it, it's it, fiction. It's yeah, fiction. Yeah. And, and, it's, <laughs> and it's got, uh, um, you know, Roddy Piper, who, who never did a whole lot of films. But, you know, but he, you know, I don't know if he's brilliant in it necessarily, but he's so credible as just this blue collar guy who's on hard times. You know, Roddy Roddy Piper has always been a really decent little actor. I mean, mm. he's 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 not um he's he's not going to do Shakespeare. No. Or, well, he wouldn't it, he, he Rest has, in peace. He has passed away, yes. Rest in peace. He he passed away very recently and uh very sadly he always seemed like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But he he was always he had a good charisma on screen, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that served him well when he was doing wrestling, and it served him well in They Live and other movies that he's done. And and it also has uh, and Keith Keith David, David who I've always awesome. who I've always loved. Um, Keith David is he does great. a lot of voiceover work because his voice is incredible. He he yes. does voices for a lot of video games I really love. Yeah, uh, yeah, tons of Warner Brothers cartoons. and and George Buck Flowers, who's like a character actor I've always had a thing for. He plays a lot of bums. Yeah. Um. And and you know when he when he sells out to the aliens, I mean that's like kind of a a there's kind of the weirdness of seeing Buck Flowers neatly groomed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 it's also just like you know particularly depressing shock. Yeah. Uh, when that comes up in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... No, I mean, people have got to see They Live. It's it's, yeah. uh, it's such a... You know, and it's not horror in the sense of like, oh, here's someone's head getting cut off or... Uh, and, and I don't think it's horror, it's sci-fi. It's I probably would... more of that. It's more like a yeah. sci-fi thriller. Yeah, it's, it is. It, it's the, the, a... the horror is just in the realization of what the hell's going on. Yeah, it's it's a sci-fi dystopia movie. Yeah. That's that's all it is. Yeah. And it and you know, it devolves into guns. But it's just it's it's John Carpenter and you kind of think of John Carpenter as being horror all the time, but it, he's not. Strictly. But it it's great entertainment that is that is at its core a, a wry commentary on society, mm-hmm. which is you know, the core of really great sci-fi, I think. And, uh, dear listeners, I did like a two hour long episode of Masters of Carpentry, just about They Live. <laughs> and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. So that's Noel Thingvall's, um, podcast that's just about John Carpenter films. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it like uh, a year, year and a half mm-hmm. ago. So all, fairly recently, but not definitely not since the election. So. I, um... Wait. It wanted to be pretty he did, interesting. Yeah, he did Dark Star, right? Yeah. I actually really like Dark Star. Dark Star is really disliked by a significant number of people I know. I love Dark Star. But I think Dark Star is kind of amazing. Dark Star is amazeballs. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, just, the, the, uh, just the whole weird... 
you know, counterintuitive thing of having the theme song be a country western song. Well, in in the it, whole, like like things like that, you know, yeah. Well, in the whole thing that the Dark Star is a movie where, uh, dear listeners, if you haven't seen it, um, this is a bit of a spoiler, but it's not because the scene works it is so dense and interesting that me describing it, you just got to seek it out. The climax of the movie is. Um, Three guys on a spaceship, they have, they've been blowing up planets that are not viable with big missiles. And one of the big missiles uh, gets, like, welded to their ship, but the missiles are sentient. Yes. <laughs> so They have the, AIs. So the, the missile, they're trying to discuss philosophy with the missile, trying to convince it not to blow up the ship. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And so, just, you know, well, yeah. well, just, it's the whole, the whole weird existentialist thing of just guys have been out in space for so long that they've just become, by all practical measures uh, of these things, insane. Yeah. Like, the, you could, you can't imagine them ever fitting into regular society again. Yeah. And, and Dark Star has its, uh, you know, pacing problems and stuff, but it's, it, 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 it's it, still. It is that. It, it, you know, it, ha- it has that, you know, 60s super low budget. In, in, in thing to it of of weird and ed- you know slow editing. Well, and and, and it's low budget and it's yeah, uh, yeah it, it's uh, an early outing for both Dan O'Bannon and John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Dan O'Bannon being the guy behind Alien. So uh, yeah, so two of them working together. When it's smart, it's really smart. When it's funny, it's really funny. It's worth a look. So anyway, we kind of digressed a little. Yeah. Bit. And uh, so Dark Star. Mm-hmm. So going back to They Live, I did have a very proud, proud moment during They Live, during the legendary fist fight between Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David, which goes on forever. And it's one of the best fist fights in cinema. It's it's two people just it, flat out punching it. And it's the, not the, it's not glorified. It is stretched out. It looks like they're tired they're 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 just hammering it's the kind of fight you have when you get extremely mad at a friend yeah and and it's there are parts and it's not like they're not portrayed as expert fighters yeah which is you don't see very often and and that's that's part of what makes you know like when he finally decides to grab when when roddy piper finally decides to grab the two by four and accidentally smashes the car window and yeah and he's like oh oh god i'm sorry (laughs) and then and then they start kind of giggling and then they continue hitting each other yeah and and it's it's there there's this bizarre macho camaraderie out of it but but it's also the grueling it looks like this hurts and it looks like it's tiring and it's not flashy but it's so impressive because there's something really honest about it yeah and there's this just and it goes on forever it's like 10 minutes long and you enjoy every second of it because it 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 actually feeds it's a, it's the story. a thematically relevant fight and by god all that's trying to ha- all that Roddy Roddy Piper is trying to make happen is to make Keith David put on a pair of fucking sunglasses. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah, you, you don't so, you don't often see fights that are that are like thematically relevant like that or like the famous car chase in the French connection which is thematically relevant. Yeah. Uh you know because it, it, it it's indicating, you know, it's about Popeye Doyle's uh you know obsession with the case and right. And and things like that. You know, it's not just Oh, here's a car doing cool stuff, you know. Right. But, 
Right, and yeah. it's, it, it is actually part of the story, and uh-huh. it's wonderfully done. And so my crowning achievement was during this 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 fight that I do love so much, because it's like the crown jewel of this movie. And everybody is loving it, because it's everybody in the auditorium pretty much has seen this movie, and we all love it. And, it, it it's, and, it's so in the wheelhouse of everyone who goes to this thing. Yeah, and so we we get a few minutes into it, and I just kind of sigh, and I say loudly for everybody to hear me. I've had this argument on Facebook and and everybody just applauded and it's like this is my crowning achievement. It was I it can was do fantastic. no better. Fantastic. I can do no better. I will take my bow now. It was it, it was <laughs> so fantastic and it's you know there's not there, there's not a whole lot of riffing at this point because uh, in the in the festival because a, people are really tired. Yes. Uh, B, They Live is such a legitimately classic movie of so-called trashy subgenres, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, that people just, you know, weren't, weren't messing it up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, well, we um, had our moments because I, this is also where my ability to imitate the aliens from Mars Attacks came in useful. Yes, that was happening. <laughs> because uh, uh, Tim Doyle, who was sitting next to me, uh, started trying to riff on the Mars Attacks thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, he wasn't quite getting the sound right, and I just went, <laughs> and, and <laughs> it was like, well, I, I guess I have my role here in this joke. And so that was fun. That was great. It, it was... You had you had some very uh, fine uh, riffs this year. I thank hope. you. Thank you thank you very much. And, and you too, sir. Oh, well, thank you. But you're always good. I mean, you're, you're practiced at this. You, you do theater. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, I, always, I was in this crowd, though. I feel like I've never felt that I've been a strong improviser, and uh, in this crowd, I always feel like I'm in, standing in the shadows of giants here because these are guys oh. who are just <laughs> no, they're they're really well. Pretty we sharp we, we and... uh, I, I I still haven't got his name straight, but we were sitting right in front of. Um... Oh, the group behind me were on fire. Well, they're like the red ladder media people. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're like insanely great at this stuff. Oh, and the, and they were making deep cut references to like art films, and I'm like, oh, I got that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, all right. Uh, and I, uh, I can't I can't remember any specifics, but I, I they were reference. God, I think they reference like a Krzysztof Kislowski film or something. Ah! I got that. I got that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think one thing was like uh, an Empire of the Ants. I think I just um, the whiny, almost rapist guy gets off his his little boat, and I just go, Peter Fonda. He did look because like he looks Peter a lot Fonda. like Peter Fonda. That was a good one. Yeah. Because everybody went, Peter Fonda, and then you just said it. And it's like, oh, Kelvin speaks for Because he, 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 he has those, he was wearing those, like, aviator sunglasses that you just totally associate with Peter Fonda. Yeah, he, he totally looks like And he like had the Peter same, ha- that, that, the 70s era Peter Fonda haircut. and Yeah. yeah. I can't, it, it, oh, God, all the ant puns. You and Tim, <laughs> I hate you both. Ugh. <laughs> I was terrible at the ant puns. Yes, yes, you were. It was, it was, dare I say, antagonistic. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> and I waited through the whole goddamn movie, and I started going, dead ant, dead ant. <laughs> and, like, only four people heard me. I was like, oh, fuck. 
My the, timing was perfect, but they were they were there were almost people, no people had really tuned out on the ant pun oh, thing God. by that point. But um, well, I mean, uh, Slide Whistle Guy was on fleek. Yes, he always is though. He, he's so great at not overdoing it. So, dear listeners, there is Slide Whistle Guy. Slide Whistle Guy is a member of the audience. I think he's one of uh, Mitch McConnell's. Okay, Mitch McConnell's friends, the, the the artist who does the posters, and uh, Slide Whistle Guy. I'm sad I don't remember his real name. It's like Jim. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he brings a slide whistle, and he very carefully waits for the exact right moment in a film. And it's the audience dies down, and something happens on screen. And it's a, and well, it, it's it, perfect. It, 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 it's especially well timed with guys being you know, disappointed, di- being disappointed, or you know, being shot down by a woman, or a woman suddenly shows interest in a guy, and it, you know, for the yeah, <laughs> or or something you know like an elevator going up or something like that. But yeah. you, usually it's it's somebody having an emotional down. There's the there's the, the guy with the dummy throwing and the wheel rolling. The wheel rolling was really on key yeah. this year. So there are people who also bring props. So if somebody really knows a movie, and they um, they'll wait for a point where. Uh, like there's a car crash off screen or where somebody gets thrown from a building or something. And there are two props backstage. There's a wheel, like a little tiny car wheel. Well, tiny being like a foot and a half across maybe. And then there's a, a a really cheap looking dummy and you can go back in the wing and wait for the car accident. And then you just roll the the wheel off stage. And then somebody in the front row takes a flashlight and spotlights the wheel for you. Mm -hmm. And it just rolls perfectly off the stage to the other wing and it's gone. (laughs) And uh, the dummy, you just throw it out from the wings. Sometimes people have more elaborate jokes, you know, they'll make props and bring them out. Yeah. We didn't have, it didn't really happen this year because uh, the movie list got announced very late. Yeah. Like only a week ago. Yeah, and so no one had time to prepare, yeah. which is which is something of a BFS trait because it's well, it's later than usual this year, and it was really frustrating to me because two of the movies that they announced were uh, things that had played two years ago. Yeah, and it's like I offered you the Astrologer and you did not take me up on it. I but could they give had, you, but... I could give you a movie that nobody has seen. Since 1975, except for people at Fantastic Fest. And it's like, I, I could bring it to you and I could be your conquering god because it's amazing and you'd love it. No. But uh, to their credit, uh, when they announced the movies up front yesterday, uh, <laughs> like when they came up to the, to the front of the auditorium and said, hey, there will be changes in the lineup, they replaced the two repeats with Gorgo and Tarantula. Yeah, which are things that hadn't played too. Which much. are in the, and in the same subgenre. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, but, so like the fifties, uh, the the monster movie was the the monster smashing a city movie was replaced with another monster smashing a city movie. Yeah, and then Tarantula replaced um, Creature with the Atom Brain. Creature with the Atom Brain. So another American, which is a good movie. Sci-fi. You should see it sometime. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> referring <laughs> yeah. to the listeners, we uh, we dear listeners, we should see it sometime. Yeah, it's it's a very good fifties uh, uh, yeah monster movie. So we we should probably wrap up here because um, yeah. I think we're going to have to go join people for dinner. We need 
Yeah, we need. Or rather, rather, we need to eat something that's not hummus. Yes. Or, uh, you know, sausage. I've eaten a lot of a lot of Starbucks uh, offerings. Yeah, I I have subsisted most of these twenty four hours on hummus and pita bread, and that's probably. I probably not need meat stuffs. Un ungood for a number of reasons, probably. <laughs> All right. We'll do, listeners. Uh, we'll wrap this up and uh, catch you later. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com Follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Well, well you know what an ant's favorite band is, don't you? No. What? The Carpenters. <laughs> <laughs>